For most of my life, I have fought primarily against issues like police brutality and white supremacy and mass incarceration. And I still do, and I always will be fighting against those things. And there's a tendency for some people to think that global warming and environmentalism and the climate change issues, that those are white issues for privileged white people. And today I need to unpack and explain where that notion comes from. And then I want to help us understand why the climate crisis needs to be high on all of our list of the things that we care for and fight for every single day. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The, the, the Breakdown. The, 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 the Breakdown. The, 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 the Breakdown. You know the saying that it's hard to see the forest for the trees? As a kid, I didn't really know what that meant. You know, what it means is sometimes it's hard to see the big picture. It's hard to see the whole forest when all you can see are the trees or the details that are right in front of your face. And on this podcast, I speak a lot about police brutality. I speak about mass incarceration and white supremacy and bigotry and voting rights and civil rights and all of the issues that fall under those banners. And I I need to make a point today about that, but about something that's necessary that we need to talk about that needs to be understood. Because just like it's hard to see the forest for the trees, it is so hard damn near impossible sometimes for people and communities that are being ravaged by police brutality to sometimes look 10, 20, 30 years in the future and focus on what the environment will be like 10 years from now, 15, 20, 30, 50 years from now, when you are facing down police brutality It's hard to think about what this planet will look like if we don't change emission standards. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's hard when you are facing daily discrimination to think about what it's going to look like if we don't have clean energy. It's hard to care about the carbon footprint of corporations when a police officer has their literal foot on your neck. Do you understand what I'm saying? That when hate crimes are exploding across the country, it can be difficult to focus on the rising temperature of the ocean. When your mother is in jail because of a speeding ticket that she just can't afford to pay, and now she languishes in jail because of a cash bail she also can't afford to pay, and you are a young person, a teenager, and I've seen this all over the country, and you don't want to tell your teachers that your mother is in jail basically because she's poor and can't afford to pay a ticket, and how can she, of course, afford to pay bail if she couldn't afford to pay the ticket? You don't want to tell your teachers that your mother, your single mother, is now in jail because you're worried if you tell anybody 
that you're going to be sent to a group home, it's hard for you to focus on the climate crisis. When you are worried that ICE may knock on your door at any given moment and separate and deport your family, it can be difficult to find the mental and emotional space to care about almost anything else. And so some of what some of what's happened all the way back to the 1960s, while black and brown communities were literally fighting just to survive, some of what happened is all the way back then, an environmental movement began emerging that was super white and super privileged and often super aloof and disconnected from the pain, problems, and struggles of everyday black and brown folk. And from the 1960s all the way really into the past few years, the primary voices, the primary organizations and funders talking about climate change and global warming have been privileged white folk. Not because people and communities of color don't care. It's not that. But because our movements have become deeply segregated and the systems and structures fighting for the environment have been almost exclusively white for generations. So today I have really one thing that I want to unpack and one simple action step for us, all right? Let me break this down. Break it down. This tendency to think that fighting for the environment is a white thing runs very deep. And again, it's mainly been fueled by just how white and how privileged and how disconnected the environmental movement itself has been for nearly 60 years. It's also fueled, though, by the fact that it can be hard for any of us to fight for the thing that we don't really see with our eyes when we are so burdened by the problems that are right in front of our faces. But I need us to understand something. The climate crisis that we are facing right now, it's upon us. It's going to hit people of color and communities and nations of color first, and it's going to hit them the hardest with droughts, with floods, and with natural disasters like we are seeing right now in the Bahamas, the hurricane there has basically destroyed huge swaths of the entire nation. Entire communities have been leveled. Their airports and their crucial businesses and public systems have been destroyed. And what I saw just moments ago is that Nobody can really even get to the Bahamas to help. It's exactly what we saw in Puerto Rico, where thousands of people died. And to this day, now years later, people in Puerto Rico still don't have clean water, still don't have electricity. We saw this with Hurricane Harvey in Houston, and we saw it with Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans. When those levees broke in New Orleans... Guess who lived in the lowest-lying communities? Guess whose neighborhoods were destroyed? And guess whose neighborhoods survived? 
you can draw the lines, literally write down racial and economic boundaries. And all over the world, environmental injustice hits poor communities and communities of color the hardest over and over and over again. Waste is regularly dumped in or near those communities. Dangerous power plants and factories are often built in or near communities where people don't have lobbyists on speed dial to block such things. And I'm saying all of this because I want all of us to understand that every aspect of the climate crisis is going to hit communities of color and poor communities hard. And I understand that it's difficult for us to focus on an impending crisis when we have so many other burdens. I get it. I'm making this mental and emotional shift myself, but we need to make some real shifts as a people, as communities, to begin understanding that the climate crisis belongs to all of us. We all need to be at the table. We all need to make sure that we have input to the plans and solutions that are being considered and are being built. And this movement and this cause needs to be integrated on every possible level, which takes me to a very simple action step I have for us today. Action, 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 steps, take action, 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 steps. There is a youth movement that is fighting the climate crisis, and I want all of them to know just how amazingly proud I am. And I am just now getting to the point where I now fully accept that I am no longer a part of any youth uh, uh, generation or any youth demographic. Like I am now often the old man in the room. But I am so, so amazingly proud of what young people all over the country and around the world are doing to fight back against the climate crisis. And today there is one particular organization. There are many, but there is one particular organization that I want you to follow and know about. I want you to follow who they follow, amplify who they amplify, because I believe in them. The organization is called the Sunrise Movement. The Sunrise Movement. Just go now to Google and search Sunrise Movement. That's Sunrise is one word. Go to Google and search Sunrise Movement. And you can go to their website and see them. If you search for Sunrise Movement on Twitter, follow them there. Sunrise Movement on Instagram, you can follow them there. Also search Sunrise Movement on Facebook and follow them there. Or just go directly to those platforms or search for them on Google and follow them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Learn from them. Learn what they're doing. Learn how they are putting their bodies and lives on the line to amplify the issues of the climate crisis. But I want you to know the leaders and the founders because they are so brilliant, so brave, so incredibly diverse in every way. And they, perhaps more than any organization I see, speak of the climate crisis in the intersectional way that it needs to be addressed. So everywhere you can, please, I also encourage you to donate and support to them. I believe in the Sunrise Movement I love and respect them, and they're actually forcing this issue to be addressed on the highest possible levels, all right? 
Thank you all for making it all the way through this episode of The Breakdown. If you haven't already subscribed to this podcast, we'll be right back here every single weekday. I'll be right back here tomorrow breaking down important news stories and issues. And we'd love for you to subscribe on your favorite podcast apps like Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If by chance you are listening to this on Instagram, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or on any podcast app that you use. Of course, please share this podcast with your friends and family because our next big goal is to get to 100,000 subscribers and we're just not going to get there without you. Thank you so much to the nearly 30,000 founding members of the North Star whose generosity even makes this podcast possible. We love you all and appreciate you so very much. And if you love this podcast and you want to support our work or you want to see the show notes and transcripts for each episode, We'd love it if you consider becoming a founding member of our community. You can do that right now at thenorthstar.com. There we not only have our podcast, but hundreds of original articles and stories and commentaries from some of the leading scholars and thinkers and journalists in the world. Lastly, I want to give a shout out to our associate producer, Lissandra, and our podcasting director and senior producer, Willis, for their hard work on this and every episode. Take care, everybody.